0: welcome back it's over no mb no problem for the 76ers who sweep the nets that is 10 straight playoff losses for brooklyn i had to do this math in my head i'm thinking like all right you lost six and seven in the buck series four last year four this year so 10 straight playoff losses for the brooklyn nets but a long time and it's it's embarrassing and i would say this uh because like last year you're thinking like oh it can't get any worse than this like last year was like oh the vaccine stuff and guys getting hurt and you're thinking like there's no way it gets worse than this this is rock bottom and then of course the nets somehow go even below rock bottom and that's what we saw this year I mean some of it was out of their control you know I know with Durant getting hurt against the heat in January that's out of their control but the other things with Kyrie's contract and stuff that was very much in your control and you know Joe Psy wanted this, and he got what he wanted, and it results in another sweep. So anyway, this was embarrassing. Of a, it was an embarrassing game. 88 points. Cam Thomas does not play a minute. Patty Mills plays over Cam Thomas. Joe Harris plays over Cam Thomas. And the guys that deserve minutes, like Cam Thomas and Edmund Sumner even, don't see the floor, but guys like Patty Mills and Joe Harris, who do nothing for you. They get to see the floor. So Mills came in, gave you 0 of 2 from 3, gave you a bad defender, and did nothing. Joe Harris came in. He made one layup, so good for Joe. Probably 13 minutes, by the way. Jeez. 0 of 4 from 3. All great looks once again. He made two free throws. Okay, four points. And, of course, Joe Harris at this point in his career, not a good defender. So somehow, some way those guys who offer you just about nothing, whether it's offensively or defensively, especially in the playoffs, offensively for Joe, who is a shell of himself in the playoffs. Somehow those guys play over Cam Thomas, who I would say is probably this team's best natural scorer, and doesn't play a single minute in a game where your team scores 88 points. There was a six-minute stretch, I believe, in the third quarter, probably from like nine minutes to like three minutes, where they didn't score a single point. And you you have Cam Thomas sitting on the bench. And as I said last podcast, a guy who scored 40 points in four separate games. But hey, Jock Vaughn is extended through 2026 and 2027. You'll love to see it. Uh, I'm trying not to go insane while talking about this team, but it, it just feels like it's a joke at this point. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so go over some of the individuals in this game. Finney Smith was 2 of 5 from 3. 3 of 7 gave us 8 points. Cam Johnson, not his best game. Probably his worst game of the series, honestly. And I would say the Nets probably played their worst game of the series today. I mean, game 1 was bad too, but I feel like they had some better moments in that game. I mean, this was one the Nets should have closed out, obviously. But once the third quarter happened and Philly outscored them 26 to 15. I mean, how do you score 15 points in a quarter? I just, I don't get it. Like, that, that that's ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway um you kind of knew it was over at that point and they got outscored in the fourth quarter 30 to 25 so they went out very sad as the title says so yeah cam johnson was not great one of six from three four to 13 overall did have 10 rebounds that was good mikhail bridges was not good just not good at all i think he ran out of gas honestly and he's probably never been asked to do this much for a team in a playoff series obviously but uh he was not, like, I mean, 6 of 18, it's not like horrendous, but still, 2 of 6 from 3. I mean, I just feel like he was not a positive in the fourth quarter. He was making some bad plays, not great on defense, missing some shots he usually makes. I mean, I think he just ran out of gas, but still. Um, Nick Claxton was 8 of 10, gave us 19 points, 12 rebounds. I mean, that was good. I think Claxton was excellent in the first half and kind of went away in the second half kind of got played by Paul Reed in the second half I'm not gonna lie so that was disappointing but yeah Claxton had a really good first half I think he had like 15 at half and you're thinking oh this might be a 25 point Claxton game and he somehow finishes with 19 points Dinwiddie and Claxton converted on an alley-oop at the end of the game I mean it was over at that point but hey that was nice to see for like the first time it felt like uh speaking of Dinwiddie probably his best game of the series seven of 13 three of six from three he had three rebounds, six assists, and twenty points. So yeah, not a not a bad game for Spencer. He did have four turnovers, but not bad compared to the rest of his series. Now, here's the problem. The Nets bench only had 13 points today. I mean, that's very ugly. Royce O'Neal, 25 minutes. He made one shot, one of six overall, one three-pointer went in for him. Joe Harris, we just went over him 13 points or 13 minutes. I wish it was 13 points. 13 minutes and had four points. Patty Mills gave you nothing. And Seth Curry came in and went three of six. And once again, I don't know why Seth Curry was not playing in game three over Joe Harris. And I do really do. I really do feel if Seth Curry came in and had those looks that Joe Harris had in game three, then that's probably win that game. But at this point, it's a moot point. Um, we'll look, at I mean, just looking at the Sixers, I mean, by the way, Joel Embiid didn't play. I mean, I think I mentioned that off the top, but like Joel Embiid does not play and you have guys like pj tucker who is probably like 37 38 at this point he's just out hustling everybody on this team tobias harris was amazing the entire series i have to be honest he was consistent he stepped up today had 19 shots paul reed as i said probably outplayed Claxon in the second half had 15 rebounds 10 points maxi like for his standards had an off game six of 20 but 16 points he had his moments where he was taking over this this pisses me off, too. James Harden came in here and played like crap. 4 of 18 shooting. And on 3-pointers, he was 2 of 5. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the math is. I think on 2-point shots, he was like 2 for 13, I think it was. 2 for 13 on 2-point shots, James Harden was. And they still win this game. And Harden had 17, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. But like 4 of 18, and you still lose this game by uh, you know almost double digits so just sad how that works um who else i mean george's niang came in made a couple shots mantra's harrow played five minutes um d'anthony melton was huge like i think the entire series he was really good and melton had 15 points today he was three of seven from three and it feels like every time he was left open for three he made this team pay And it's not a surprise. I mean, he's a pretty good player. So, Um, definitely hats off to him and how the Sixers played. I mean, once again, I don't think the Sixers played that well today. I think the Sixers had a couple games in this series where any Sixers fan that watched them the entire year will tell you, yeah, that was one of our worst games. And, like, they still won these games, which is embarrassing. Um, We'll go to team stats real quickly. Field goal wise, the Sixers made three more shots. They also had. 11 more attempts and I think they got out rebounded yeah I mean there's no Joel Embiid and you still get out rebounded 54 to 38 that's embarrassing like how do you even allow that to happen I, I know this Nets team does not have much size it's Nick Claxton and then like nobody I mean Dayron Sharp but he hasn't played since probably game two for a few minutes um but yeah that was embarrassing anyway three-point shooting wise um They both made the same amount of threes, but Philly was 9 of 24, and uh, the Nets were 9 of 37. So they missed a lot more three-pointers than Philly did. Free throw-wise, Philly was a better percentage by a good amount once again, 93 to 68%. We went over rebounds, offensive rebounds. Philly had 10 more offensive rebounds. That's been the case the entire series. Assist was basically the same. Sixers had four more steals. Nets had three more blocks. I think Claxton had like four blocks in this game, by the way. I forgot to mention that, but he had some really nice plays. Um am Paul Reed in the first half. I don't know why that just turned on. ESPN has these ads all the time. Um, but, yeah, he had some really nice blocks in the first half. Nick Claxton. Um what else? Largest lead. The Nets had a 11-point lead at one point. And, of course, they just gave it away because that's what the Brooklyn Nets do. Um, yeah, Nick Claxton. I want to see Nick Claxton had four blocks. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm that. So, all right, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I mean, it's interesting. Um, you have a couple guys who are free agents. Cam Johnson is restricted. You have um, Seth Curry, I believe, is a free agent as well. The Nets have, I'm trying to see, someone tweeted this. Bobby Marks tweeted out like some of the resources the Nets have to rebuild this roster. You have a trade exception for $18 million. That can come in handy, of course. You can probably get a pretty good player for $18 million. Um, excuse me. Five first-round picks, including um, unprotected from Phoenix and Dallas. I mean, this is not for this year. It's like the upcoming draft assets. So you have picks from... Phoenix and Dallas that's going to help out you have wings with trade value I mean he put Cam Thomas in here I don't know if he's a wing but Cam Thomas Joe Harris who his his trade values probably dropped even more after this Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal I think you can get something for Dorian Finney-Smith but I will say like his lack of shooting the ball well since being a net kind of dropped his value in a way but he's still he's on a great contract so that might help out uh Royce O'Neal maybe a team out there wants his services I could see it Royce is uh you know Royce is decent he's a sixth or seventh guy I mean he's he's fine but not he was asked to do too much for the Nets this year I feel like um draft picks this year they have number 21 number 22 via Phoenix and number 52 which I don't even know where that pick is from but a second round pick So, um, I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go. I mean, first off, is Sean Marks even the GM? I don't know. I think Sean Marks' contract is up. And, uh, you know, honestly, I know Sean Marks did a really fantastic job rebuilding this Nets team when he first came here, and they had no assets and all that. But I think what's happened here the past two and a half years or so, it's hard for me to really say that Sean Marks deserves to be back. I I think that's kind of ridiculous. And as I've always said, after the Harden trade, um, Sean Marks was a terrible GM. I I don't know what happened to him and and why he folded, but ever since the Nets went from like, you know, fun team to championship expectations, like Sean Marks kind of shit the bed. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like Joe Harris. When the lights are bright, he sucks. And when the lights got bright for Sean Marks, he sucked. I mean, Marks had some good moves in that time. I think trading for Bruce Brown was definitely big. I mean, I think that was before Harden, though, so I can't even say that, but The Nick Claxton extension, that was good. But even smaller things, like bringing back Patty Mills over Bruce Brown, I mean, that was just so stupid. I mean, I understood it kind of because you were expecting Ben Simmons to play the same role that Bruce Brown played, and we were hoping better. But Ben Simmons was hurt, and apparently Ben Simmons needed more time to get healthy, and the Nets gave him like four or five months after his back surgery. And, you know, he came back and just was not the same guy. So... Yeah, Ben Simmons is another question. I don't know what happens with him. I believe Ben has two more years left on his contract. It's it's a big number. It's probably like somewhere in the high 30s, like 37, 38 million dollars the next couple of years. That's per year. Um, so what do they do with Ben Simmons? I mean, I I don't know what his trade value will be. Of course, the rumor is like, oh, maybe the Nets get Damian Lillard, and if that's the case, then to make salaries match, you have to put Dame, uh, you have to put Ben Simmons in that trade. So, you know, I'm, I kind of go back and forth on the Dame Lillard stuff. Lillard's gonna be 33, I think, next year. He'll turn 33 in July. Um, I don't know. It just depends how many draft picks they're asking for. Like if, if the players we're giving up is only like Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, who else? Like Finney Smith or something. Like I can deal with that, you know, from a a player standpoint, but if they're asking for like more than three first round picks, I think I'm out. Like I, I don't want to trade the entire future for Damian Lillard who hopefully has a couple more, you know, good years in him, but I don't know. It's just it's hard to bet on. I think the Nets have done this before where they trade for the veteran point guard and and it doesn't work out. I mean, you know, Darren Williams was, I think, 26 when we got him, but he fell off pretty quickly once he reached his uh, 30s. Um, We know about Harden not having the same explosiveness post hamstring issues um who else what other point guard was bad for the Nets I can't even think right now um it feels like when Dinwiddie turned 30 ironically he was terrible I think Dinwiddie turned 30 like a couple weeks ago and he comes out here and has a pretty bad series but yeah I mean I feel like there's been examples of Nets point guards who have just not lived up to expectations um so Lillard he played 29 games two seasons or last season That's the concerning part, but I would say aside from that, he's been pretty durable. I mean, there was the shortened season in 2020 and 21, and he played 67 games. Um, So yeah, I mean, look, he hasn't been that injury prone. He played 58 this year out of 82, but I think like 10 of those missed games were because the Blazers wanted to tank, and they kind of made up an injury for him. So if the Blazers were contending, I do think Dame would have played in those games, and he might have played in like... 68 rather than 58 so yeah I don't know like you know I don't think he's that injury prone but like when he's turning 33 and you have to give up probably multiple first round picks to get him it's it's kind of concerning so it's either you go in that direction like you can go in the Dame Lillard direction pair him up with mikel Bridges and try to get another like borderline star player over here And maybe at that point you have a good enough team to be in that second tier of the Eastern Conference where I think Philly is and even, like, the Cavaliers and maybe the Knicks are getting there too. You know, if you get Lillard and, like, some other guy, like, you know, let's say the trade is, like, Lillard and and Nurkic, which I've seen that rumor. Lillard and Nurkic, you have Mikel Bridges, you trade for another, like, you know, guy who's, like, somewhere like a borderline all-star type player. I don't know, like a DeMar DeRozan type player, not saying it's going to be him, but someone like that, then like maybe your team's good enough to be like a four or five seed and you kind of flirt with, uh, you know, the Eastern conference finals. I don't know. I feel like a lot has to go right. I think, you know, I don't feel like waiting because I think as Nets fans, we've waited so long to have a good team and we had a good team for like a year and a half and then it was gone quickly. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant to even want to go to like the full rebuild route but that might be the smartest thing to do. I think maybe, you know, maybe you do flip Mikkel Bridges for three or four first round picks, which apparently was the offer. Um, I don't think the Nets will do that, but I think it's an interesting, you know, it's definitely interesting, like I would consider it, but I don't think the Nets will actually do that. Um, You have other trade assets once again. I mean, as I said, you can you know, trade Royce O'Neal, trade Dorian Finney-Smith. You can trade Nick Claxton you could probably get at least two firsts for him so yeah I mean they can go the all-out rebuild and you know do that but once again the Nets don't have their own picks that's the problem like that that's the shitty part about this whole thing like I've always said I I think I was saying this when KD requested the trade in the summer I was saying like if the Nets had their own picks I would just say blow it up now and restart but the problem is that if the Nets are hypothetically like one of the worst teams in basketball next year, the Rockets get their pick. So it's it's not even worth sucking. Like if you're the Nets, you might as well try to win because your first round picks belong to other teams, which is going to be Phoenix and Dallas. So and I think Dallas is like 2029, so it's not even like in the near future. So there really is no reason for the Nets to to blow it up right now. I mean, it's it's excuse me. It's kind of tempting because This team is not going anywhere at the moment, but as I said, you might be like a move or two away, and I'm not saying like small moves, I'm saying like, you know, Damian Lillard type moves, Dame plus another borderline all-star type player. To having like a nice team that can kind of be on the same level as once again the Cavaliers or maybe the Sixers or something I don't know so anyway yeah we're getting too off topic getting too off season-ish but we'll get to those videos in the off season so I'll probably take a break from that's content for a bit I probably will do a, a full season reaction in the next couple of weeks because I like to do those at the end of the year and that should be interesting because once again this year was freaking crazy with you know Steve Nash was the coach to start the year and um, you know, Ben Simmons made his debut for Brooklyn. So it was a weird year. But anyway, we'll talk about all that. Hopefully, I mean, I, this is how I am. I know some fans and I think I said this last year, too, when when Boston beat us, swept us. Um, when teams beat the Nets, I don't want them to win. That's just how I'm built as a fan. Like if your team beats me in the playoffs, I don't want anything to You know, I don't want any success for you. I think some fans have that mindset of, oh, well, if if the Sixers go on to win the finals, then that makes the Nets look better or something. Like, I hate that. Like, I don't... (laughs) You took what I wanted. I want you to lose. I'm preying on their downfall. And it sucks because I hate the Boston Celtics. Hate them. Like, they're like my least favorite team. So it's going to be a gross rooting experience for me. But I don't think the Sixers are on the Celtics level. And I hope they handle them in four or five games. So anyway that'll do it at least we don't have to worry about this crappy team anymore for a while and hopefully this offseason whether it's sean marks or some other gm they um you know they figure it out and you know i I just once again the whole jock vaughn thing this series annoys me he was not good he wasn't steve nash level and like i'm thankful for that at least our coach is not as bad as steve nash but that's not saying much either so I don't know, and he's extended through twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. It's it's gonna be a long time, and to see like coaches like Nick Nurse and who else got I think someone else good got released too or fired. Um, I forget, but yeah, seeing like there's good. Oh, Ime Yudoka is getting an interview with the Rockets, I think, and I know we passed on Udoka, but like that seems like a massive mistake now. And once again, I don't know the extent of what Ime Yudoka did, but if all these teams are bringing him in. Could it have been that bad? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out if he actually gets hired or not or if it's just an interview. I don't know. But if I see Yudoka go to another franchise and that team turns into, like, a contender, I'm going to be pissed. Like, it's just a typical Nets mistake. But anyway, yeah, that's going to do it. Go Celtics, I guess. It feels gross. But, yeah, crappy season once again. Another sweep. Ten playoff losses in a row. We'll do a season recap in the coming weeks, probably a couple weeks from now anyway. The NFL draft's going to keep me busy. So I either get this out before the NFL draft or wait a couple weeks and let the dust settle and we go over it then. But either way, we'll do it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for those who tuned in this season. It was a roller coaster as usual, but hopefully next year things are better somehow. We'll see. Talk to you guys next time.